You're listening to Grieving from The Last of Us Part 2, released June 19th, 2020, composed by Gustavo Santoalaya. What's up, BG Maniacs? Welcome to another episode of BG Mania, a video game music podcast. I, of course, am your host, Brian, and joining me on the show this week, he is back, host of Very Good Music, a VGM podcast every month with Shoot Kapow. It is Bedrov. Hey, 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 it's good to be back. Second show in a row. I know. Well, technically, oh, wait, I did well, put up a radio no, hour. Right. I put up radio a radio hour. hour. Yeah, it's, I was it's, there in spirit, though. You were there in spirit. <laughs> Three of the tracks were yours. The show has, I, I, it's done. It's edited. I still haven't uploaded it because I'm lazy and unmotivated at the moment. But I will uh, I will get back in gear. And that show will be posting likely, we're recording this Saturday night. That show, I, I'm going to try to get it and Blood and Destroyers done tomorrow. Um, and then hopefully this will post on Wednesday like normal. I say that every time and it never does. So who knows? <laughs> I hear you, man. I hear you. I've been, you've been so busy with work and I've been busy. My work actually hasn't been that crazy, but I've just got parent stuff going on as um, I've mentioned a little bit, but also just, uh, I don't know, just been crazy. Uh, April is our busiest month. We've got several birthdays in the house and uh, Easter, which my wife's family usually makes a big deal out of and uh, just a lot going on. Plus this weekend, man, this is the third podcast I've recorded this weekend so far. Oh, wow. And I'm going to be doing another one tomorrow. So yep. I, I, I usually I usually do four <laughs> every weekend <laughs> for your four. So that's how it goes. 
Um, it's been tough, and that's why we're doing this episode this week. But we'll get to that real quick. If you'd be so kind, head on over to Apple Podcast or whichever app you've chosen to listen to us on, and drop us a quick rating and review. It really does help out in terms of visibility, so that this show continues to grow. Remember, we are on Patreon now, Patreon.com/RPGera. You can head on over there, check out our tiers, see what we're doing. If you feel inclined, you can toss us a couple bucks each month. If not, continuing to listen to the episodes as they upload every week or every couple weeks, that really does help out as well. And of course, special shout out to current executive producers JexX and Zach. So, yeah, obviously you see the title, Emotions of Sadness Part 2. This is re-exploring a topic and, and an idea that Frank and I had a few years ago where we took a lot of games and, I, you know, music that really hit us hard when, when experiencing them for the first time. And some of them even, you know, still lasting impressions and still making us emotional hearing them again. And we got a lot of positive reception on that episode. And I think it's one of our most listened to episodes of all honesty we tried to do a a part two it was it was a fun one and we tried to well fun's probably not the right word but we tried to do a part (laughs) two after and i've mentioned this after um after jessica and i split up and i was going through a really dark period and the show ended up being a disaster so it was canned and now we are going to re-explore the idea and instead of frank being here it is obviously bedroth and i think that's going to add a totally new dynamic to the idea of the emotions of sadness and and bedroth i know you're going through some stuff so this might be an interesting episode yeah i um i tend to be a fairly positive person uh even when even when things are tough um i'm i'm the one that usually tries to find the silver lining in things but Sometimes it does all kind of weigh down and get to you. Uh, it's been it's been good going through the playlist and picking out my songs for this because it has given me some time to just kind of stop and think about things and reflect. And so uh, it's been a good experience already. And not all of my songs are from shows that I have like personal experience with the sadness in the game. Some of them I do. I said shows. Some of them I do. Some of them I don't. But I do feel like I all of these too. tunes. <laughs> <laughs> all of these tunes will um they've definitely got some emotion to them they definitely do i i'm familiar with a lot of the picks you chose and i know you're familiar with a lot of the ones i chose and mm-hmm. this this particular week for me i know um you know I, I i said i felt lazy but a lot of that too is that i've slowly been slipping into that like dark mental state again and i'm not really sure why like nothing has changed right <laughs> Nothing has changed. Nothing has gotten worse. In fact, things have gotten a little better, but things things have just been really dark for me this week. And if you stay strong, you may have to pull me together on this one. You know what? I, um, I'm happy to do that. It's, uh, <laughs> I, I do struggle with depression. Um, it is, it runs in the family and those are the times I'm familiar with the dark spiral and that, that it sometimes it can just come out of nowhere. And so if uh, whatever we can do to help kind of push back against the darkness, like we were saying when we talked about the uh, you know the war a couple of shows ago, and if if anything we do tonight helps push back against your darkness, then it's worth it. I agree. I agree, and I think that uh, that says it well. I really do. That opening track that was uh, quite a number, man. Yeah. So kind of a, a slower piece to open with, and that was my first selection of the episode. So I'm kicking things off this week, and that obviously came from The Last of Us Part Two track is called Grieving, of course, done by Gustavo Santoalola. I'm sure I don't say 
his last name correctly, Santoa Laya, maybe? The L's probably a double L. Yeah, something like that. Santoa Laya, probably. Um, And I'll probably say it that way when I read the thing. This was a really emotional piece of the game for me. Now, I'm hesitant to go into spoiler territory just because I know some people may not have experienced it yet and I really don't want to ruin it for those that haven't. But having absolutely fallen in love with the first game and I do think that it's probably the pinnacle of Naughty Dog's achievements so far is The Last of Us and The Last of Us Part 2. Like Uncharted's good, right? Uncharted's really good. But The Last of Us was special in so many different ways. And throughout the first game, you know, you really connect to Ellie and Joel and it it becomes this crazy experience. Uh, super we played a track in the first emotions of sadness from from the original last of us i think it was one of frank's submissions and there were a lot of moments in that game where it really tugs on your heart and in the last of us part two it does so in a very different way but there is a moment somewhere in the game again i don't want to say where but it just crushed me dude and this track is playing in the background and it is just one of the sadder moments that I've had to experience in a game. It really was after connecting with these characters so much. Yeah, well, this definitely has that weight of, uh, of grief in um, grief in it, and I'm always impressed with. I don't have the musical terminology to talk about how they do it, like with the different the different keys and uh, things like that. But I'm always impressed with how composers can just put a series of sounds together in a certain way to bring out different emotions and we'll definitely be hearing a lot of that so cool this season and uh, this season this this episode (laughs) i I have not checked out the last of us yet i know it's one that eventually i will get to because i love these big story driven games i just don't have don't have the time right now no i feel that um but these two are way they're way up there on my bucket list when it comes to games They should be on anyone's bucket list that hasn't actually played these games because they are definitely an experience. I mean, you know, just to put it just to put it no other way, like they are an experience that everyone should actually experience. I don't know what else to use. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what else to use. Experience to experience. Yeah. Experience (laughs) to experience. I don't know. I don't know how else to say that. I mean, I'm sure I do, but I I also it's late and I I don't know. Um, (laughs) But yeah. And we all know what you do before the show, so it's all right. Absolutely, I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, this particular track, though, it, it does really make me want to see what comes next as well, because I still am so attached to the characters in the world of The Last of Us. I'm not 100% sure where they go next or if The Last of Us is done, but I would like to see a continuation. I would like to see these characters elsewhere in other stories and you know just see what they can come up with because it was really cool and it was really special sure well um if you're ready to move to my first block of tracks i am uh, speaking of bucket list uh, the first game that we're going to be talking or listening to was on my bucket list for a long time so when the definitive edition came out i was definitely glad to uh, get it and jump on it The second game is still on my bucket list. I've toyed around with it, but I haven't gotten deep into it yet. I think I need to get a a better version because the one I have is on a console that people tend to say it doesn't tend to do well on. (laughs) And then the third game, I'm sure it's on Chukapau's bucket list for me. I don't really have much of a much of an urge to go back to it but um, i'll talk a little more about each of those things i was just going for a clunky uh, segue there 
But yeah, let's go ahead and get into the tracks. And first, we're going to be listening to Sorrow from Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. This was released May 29th, 2020, and this particular track was composed by Manami Kyoto. Next up, we have Sorrowful Goodbye from Okami, released September 19th, 2006, composed by Hiroshi Yamaguchi.
Next, we have Ben's Farewell from Pokemon Black and White, released March 6, 2011. This track was composed by Shota Kageyama. talking about Sorrow from Xenoblade Chronicles, and uh, this is one of the games that I do have personal experience with on this list, and fairly recent experience. I didn't play this until the Definitive Edition came out, and it blew my mind. I felt so many emotions playing this game. You should. Yeah. You it's... should. And in the entire series is that way. Like, I don't know if you have any plans on... I absolutely have plans. Two? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> two, and then eventually three. Uh, mm -hmm. There's also X, but it doesn't tie into like the main story. Still a great yeah, game, though. I think I played probably 75% of X. 
the story didn't grab me as much, but I loved it. It was, and actually the reason I stopped playing it is I got it in January of 2017, and it was my holdover until Breath until of the Wild the came out. Yeah, until the I Switch. I spe- specifically picked it up because I wanted to play something big and open world so much, and I found it on on discount for the Wii U. So I was like, yeah, sure, why not? And it was great. It was it was a, a perfect holdover. So it really is a great game, but definitely not nearly as strong as the mainline numbered Xenoblade Chronicles games. No, not not in terms of character and story, or really in terms of the soundtrack. It's very different, but this is just so impactful. And in this particular scene, um, this is not really a spoiler because this happens in the first act of the game. Uh, you, your town where you live is attacked, and your best friend slash love interest, Fiora, uh, is she gets into one of these big like mech type machines that the the town's defense uses to you know defend against the larger um, monsters and animals that roam around the area, and she gets into this big mech to attack this what basically you think is a giant robot that's attacking the um, the town. Um, there's a whole big story I'm not going to get into because it would be a two hour podcast, a four hour podcast. But uh, as she is trying to defend the town, this big mechanical guy just just completely just cuts her down and this track like a lot of tracks in Xenoblade Chronicles is actually reused in a couple of different areas but the first time that it plays is when Shulk the main character is mourning the loss of Fiora with his best friend and with with her brother and man it just it hits so hard and the opening of the game has been so so lighthearted and so like so fun it, it feels really innocent at that point and this is 100 percent loss of innocence sold it starts him off on his journey and it hits really hard absolutely it does this was the first goosebump moment for me this episode too uh still the mm-hmm. only time i've actually gotten goosebumps was listening to this track this this one hits hard and um it, it's such again you know it is so amazing to me the as you said earlier the different ways like this is so different from grieving from the last of us part two and the sounds that we're hearing it's just so amazing all of these different instruments that can be used to elicit sadness and elicit sorrow it's just it's so cool it's so cool and that's actually the perfect segue to the uh, next track that we just listened to from okami which obviously is just steeped in Japanese lore and the instruments here it, it is really kind of a blend of, of Japanese and Western instruments but but the Japanese influence here is up front and center end I'm so glad you picked this track too because I had actually forgotten about this Okami is such a beautiful game and it's such like it's a powerful game too like it's it's a really powerful beautiful game and it has this amazing soundtrack that I know we haven't really played a ton of here on BG Mania I know we played a lot of Xenoblade stuff, we played a lot of Last of Us stuff, but as we go down this list, we haven't played a ton from Okami, and it has such a yeah. beautiful soundtrack in this particular moment in the game, too. Like, it, it's such a good, fitting track for what's going on. I'm guessing that it's a kind of spoiler-ish to talk about. Oh yeah, definitely or, endgame. This yeah. is endgame. <laughs> gotcha. This is definitely endgame. Gotcha. And I know you're um, going to play it, so... 
at some point, yeah, this one, I, I own it for the Wii, and uh, it, it it was okay. It didn't grab me, probably because of the motion controls. Is um, that the HD version? Uh, it's not the HD version, so that's the other thing. It's, um, it's older style, and I'm probably going to get it, but definitely if they release an HD version for the Switch, have mm-hmm. they? I don't know if it is on the Switch. I don't think it has been released on Switch. Uh, if they do, um, I'll probably grab it there. But if not, um, I oh, it is. Four, so oh, it is. It okay, is. Mm-hmm. it is on Switch. Well, there we go. Then I'm, I'm going to go put it on my wish list. <laughs> and you might even be able to catch it on sale. It's been out for a while. A while now, yeah, yeah. So it's a, I mean, it's, it's a classic for a reason, and um, it absolutely, really, really, really great sound. And, and I love that a, this track. I love that this track too. Probably is going to be more different than anything else we're going to hear today. So that was a good pick. Yeah, um, it's like I was, like you were saying. It's uh, the instruments and the way that the different instruments can elicit the emotions of sadness <laughs> the, that, that the other ones have. Uh, the, the reason I have a whole playlist, as I mentioned last time, of sad songs, and a lot of it was just me going through, and any time the name of a song had something related to the word sad in it, I would add it to that list. And so <laughs> when I came across this one, it just it kept standing out, and it was mostly because of the instrumentation. So that's yeah. 100% why it's here. It's and uh, my next track is here as kind of a shout-out to my oldest, Shukbaum, who, as Brian mentioned at the top of the show, is my co-host on Very Good Music. Uh, Shukapau's favorite series, as everyone who listens knows, is Pokemon, uh, only rivaled really by the Mother series, which the opening to this track actually reminded me of a little bit. It sounds it, similar. It, it really does. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it sounds very similar. And then it moves on into kind of kind of its own thing. Um, although there was a part near the end that reminded me of something that was a little bit hard to place, maybe some Mario Galaxy. Uh, or something or other, Mario RPG. Um, but anyway, this is N's Farewell from Pokemon Black and White. This is Shukapau's favorite entry in the series, and N is probably his favorite character, definitely in his top three. N is a really interesting antagonist. Uh, he, I don't believe N is affiliated with the, like, the team in this game. I could be wrong. Uh, feel free to at me. I don't mind being corrected. Um, <laughs> but uh, N starts out as sort of the typical arrogant rival type character. But then as the game goes on and you learn more about who he is and his motives and what he wants, he really does become this uh, really sentimental and um, you understand it and you, you really start to feel for him. And so when he when he leaves, when he basically kind of retires from from Pokemon competition toward the end of the game, which again isn't really a spoiler, it's it, it's a Pokemon game, <laughs> and it's like ten years old at this point. But it, it's it really it hits you, and if you scroll through the YouTube comments, you'll you'll see a lot of people talk about this game and this particular theme being a really pivotal moment for them. There's so much music in the Pokemon series that I've not experienced that I've not heard this track before. This is so beautiful. This is very well done. This was surprising to me, like just how emotional this track is for Pokemon. Like this is really, really touching. It really is. Yeah, you don't think about it really with the, with the Pokemon games and some 
I when I asked Chupapow if he had any suggestions for this show, he this was one of the first things he rattled off, and I was like, okay, I'll listen to it. And yeah, I was same as you. I was uh, caught by surprise. Good uh, choice. Uh, yeah, very it's pleasant, a very, very good choice. Week. So shout out, shout out to Chupapow. Very good choice. <laughs> <laughs> very good choice. But it looks like you've got kind of a diverse lineup. I'm excited about these for for different reasons, but all three tracks. Excited yeah, we're this. we're about to jump all over the place here. I'm excited for this block because we get to highlight a game that I absolutely love. Well, two games that I absolutely love, and and one that is such an emotional, powerful game uh, that we've never played a track from before on this on the show. So I'm, I'm glad to get to finally do that. We will talk about all three when we get back, of course, but we're going to kick things off with this block by taking a listen to The Blinded Forest from Ori and the Blind Forest, released March 11th, 2015, composed by Gareth Coker.
Coming up next, we'll be taking a listen to Prisoners of Fate from Chrono Cross, released August 15th, 2000, composed by Yasunori Mitsuda. Closing out this block, we'll be taking a listen to Feeding the Ducks from That Dragon Cancer, released January 12th, 2016, composed by John Hillman.
coming back in, we are talking about The Blinded Forest from Ori and the Blind Forest, again composed by Gareth Coker. So kind of like you earlier in talking about Xenoblade, talking about this moment of the game isn't really a spoiler because it takes place within literally like the first 10 to 20 minutes of the game. And I believe it was even in some of the trailers. So when the game starts out, right, you're in the in this forest and you're playing around as Ori, this little spirit being and you're kind of running around, and the game is just freaking gorgeous, dude. It is a drop-dead gorgeous game. Yeah, and for sure. You're connecting to this character called Naru, who basically discovered Ori when the spirit tree cast it out or whatever happens at the beginning of the game, and acts as Ori's mother or foster mother, or however you want to say that. Yeah. So in the beginning of the game, Naru's dying, basically. And as you go through and like you, you know, you have to go out and do something for Naru and you come back and you realize something's wrong and you're walking around this forest and it's replaying all of these like memories and just as you, as you walk past them, it'll like slowly fade away. And this entire track is playing the entire time. You're kind of walking around and seeing those memories. And when the track kind of slows down towards the end is when Ori gets back to Naru and finds her just passed away. It's a really touching moment in in actually a, a crazy way, kind of like the last of us started out in such a crazy way. The original last of us kind of, um, you know, an emotional way to start a game. But I absolutely loved it. Like, I loved how emotional it was. I loved how beautiful it was. And even though something like this can can tear me up and, and still, you know, bring me a lot of sadness when I hear it, there is a lot of beauty in that sadness as well. And I think this track portrays that really, really well. Yeah, for sure. I think one of the, uh, one of the great lies that we've been told so much in modern society, especially since I I would say probably since about the 50s is that happiness is the absence of sadness. That that sadness is something to be avoided or to be, um, you know, pushed past and not not really entertained. And uh, I feel like Inside Out did such a great job of explaining how how important sadness is and how important those emotions related to sadness are. Uh, and when it comes to just navigating life, I mean, it's just such a natural, natural thing for us to mourn um, loss of any kind. And it's such, such an important thing that the reason you see it in so many of these games, and I mean, it's the same reason that uh, Luke's real quest in Star Wars started out with the deaths of his foster parents, his aunt and uncle. And George Lucas knew what he was doing. I mean, every beat of Star Wars is famously taken from Joseph Campbell's The Power of Myth and The Hero's Journey, which, you know, I taught about it in school so much, the different steps that a, that a protagonist takes on the, on the archetypal quest. And one of the very first things that happens is some kind of event where you lose your innocence. And there's always some kind of, you know, sadness associated with that loss. And Absolutely. Yeah, just a natural part of all of our stories. I don't know that I would want, like, the emotion of sadness 
to be taking from us because I feel like that's a lot of what makes humans human, right? Is the emotions that we feel. Yeah. And it, it, it leads so much. Like I know it, it's hard and I know grieving really does suck and there's so many bad things about sadness but there can be beauty too and i think this track actually paints that and i think gareth coker probably is one of my favorite modern composers i think i've said that before but gareth coker just he is so freaking talented yeah yeah i think i think if i were to put together any kind of big list of composers to really do it justice i would have to do a modern list and a classic list me too because there's so many modern composers like like gareth coker and danny baranowski and jay kaufman and laura shigihara and uh you know all of these uh, lena rain like so many newer people that i think deserve to be on a big list but then there are so many composers like some of the heavy hitters we've got on this list tonight uh uh, Yuzo Koshiro, Yoko Shimomori, Yasunori Mitsuda, that I'm just so nostalgic for all of their work, and they have such a huge body of work that, you know, you'd feel bad not including them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and, and speaking of some of these heavy hitters, uh, we will jump and discuss here Prisoners of Fate from Chrono Cross, composed by, of course, Yasunori Mitsuda. I'm glad we've never actually played. We've played a lot of music from um, Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross. I'm glad this is something that we haven't played before and that we got to showcase on this episode. Even more so because the game just recently released again as yeah. the Radicals, or what's it called? The Radical, Radical Dreamers, Dreamers yeah. Edition, I think is what it's called. Yep. Unfortunately, it is having some frame rate issues. So if you are looking to pick that up, just be aware that the PlayStation 1 version does currently run better than the modern version, which is pretty <laughs> sad. Come on, Square. What are you doing? Um, this particular track and in this moment of the game, and I'm... Chrono Cross has been out for so long, dude, but I don't want to spoil it because it just recently released again. So I want to hold off on the spoiler yeah, talk for I mean, this particular track. It's been locked to PlayStation 1 for, for so long. I know. Um, but I'm sure there's a lot of people like me who just haven't had the chance to play it before. So, um, yeah, I don't know. That's your call, man. I feel like people have had enough time. but They, they have. It just came out again, though. I, I'm not going to dive into it deeply, but I will say... I hope Sean's listening to this, and I hope this gets him. I, I do mm-hmm. know that Sean is a a massive fan of Chrono Cross, and it is such a such a good game. I am excited to play through it again. I will do so once the frame rate issues have been resolved. Um, Mitsuda is so good, dude. This is such a beautiful track. The way that he's able to my god I don't know man this was a second goosebump moment for me this episode this particular track gives me goosebumps almost every time that I hear it but he's just got got a way he's got a way it's just so good I had a track from Xenogears on my list and a track from gosh I don't remember it was another game that I showcased on my Mitsuda episode last fall and um, so he was on my short list in, in two different places. And then actually when I saw that, that you had included this on your list, uh, that, that's, um, that's when I, I decided, okay, I was trying to decide between a few different tracks and I went ahead and bumped those. So <laughs> That's what I like but about the, uh, the dual playlist that we do because then we can kind of see, oh, okay, you're playing this so maybe I can go a different direction sort of a thing. I, I do enjoy that aspect. It's nice. Um, Man, I love how this particular track, like, it's so slow, it's so melancholy, but there are moments where the percussion 
like ramps up in the background just for like a quick crescendo. It's so good, dude. It's so good. It is. It's great. I mean, what can be said about uh, how much I love Yasunori Matsuda that hasn't already been said? <laughs> it's, this is really good, and I can't wait to experience it in game for the first time. Yeah, I, I can't wait to experience a lot of the redone music for the first time. That's, I think, what I'm looking forward to most is just getting to hear the rearranged versions of Mitsuda's work. I really am. Obviously, this is from the original Chrono Cross, but I am, I am yep. looking forward to getting to hear some of those rearranged stuff that maybe worked in that trailer that Square Enix put out a few weeks back. So that should be It's really cool, as we'll, um, as we'll get to in a second after you talk about your last track in this block. It's really cool that a lot of these composers are getting the chance to go back and reimagine some of their early work. Like I know. last year, Yuzo with Act Tracer, and um, this year, Yasunori Mitsuda with Chrono Cross, and Yoko Shimomura with Live Alive. It's it's really, really cool that they're able to do that. I love it, and I hope they enjoy it as much as I do. <laughs> <laughs> Who was, yeah. uh, there's another game being remade this year that you were super excited about. I don't know if it's being remade or if they're coming out with a new entry in the series. Um, is it Valkyrie Elysium? I think it might be Valkyrie in the Valkyrie series. Yeah, because that would be like the third Valkyrie profile, technically. Okay, gotcha. Never mind. I was thinking that one of your one of your old favorites was getting getting a new remake, but I might have got confused. Um, I mean, it's it's entirely possible. There are so many games that have been confirmed and on my show. I know Dragon Quest Three is getting that HD two D remake that I'm really looking forward to as well. Um, this one was a little bit deeper cut, something like Star Ocean or Dark Cloud or something like there that. There is a new it, Star it, Ocean coming out this year too. Okay, that that, that might be what it was, but. Mm-hmm. There is a new Star Ocean this year, too. <laughs> Dark Cloud, um, I wish. I yeah, I, I know you do, man. wish. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to that last track, though. This this one might be the saddest game that we have on the playlist today. I, I mean, oh, I bar, yeah, I think bar none. Absolutely. Like, this is absolutely the saddest game we have on the playlist today. And for that reason, potentially the saddest song that we have on the playlist today. So we are talking about feeding the ducks from the game That Dragon Cancer. Now, if you've never played That Dragon Cancer, first of all, I don't blame you because it is a very hard game to get through. But second of all, I think you should. I think you should play That Dragon Cancer because this was developed by Ryan and Amy Green and it tells the story of their son, their son, Joel. It's basically a, a real true-to-life game that after their son was born and he was diagnosed with terminal cancer at like one year old, eventually passed away, they made a game in his honor and memory that dealt with everything that they went through as a family. And this game, dude... It hits hard. It hits really hard. Like, you get to experience certain moments of everything that was going on. You know, you're playing in both third and first person perspectives through certain events and scenes and memories. Um, It's not all focused on the cancer, but a large portion of it is. And this particular track, Feeding the Ducks... It takes place near the beginning, 
and it's kind of before everything you know takes a yeah. takes a much more morbid approach with with the cancer and the inevitable of of what cancer means and i go back to what i said earlier with ori in that in sadness this track is just so beautiful and it, obviously john hillman did the soundtrack to that dragon cancer and i think he really um he really captures just how sad and how shitty cancer really is so i yeah. know you you were talking to me while you were listening to this and you've played this track over on very good music before and you told a story um, on how your grandmother had passed away from cancer and i much like you know we're realizing how similar you and i are i mean my grandma back in 2011 passed away from lung cancer and you know she was a chain smoker for probably since she was like seven eight or nine years old she was born in 44 so it was that time where like kids were smoking so yeah. um she developed lung cancer in like November of 2011 and was dead two weeks later. Oh, so, man. um, just, <laughs> it kind of sucks that, um, we still don't have any, any, not necessarily cures, right? Because cure, cure is a tough word and cure is a strong word. Yeah. But it, it just sucks that there is so much we don't know and there's so much that we can't do for We're still so cancers. limited. Yeah. When it still comes so to limited. treating. And I, I wish that we could see the kind of progress that's been made with breast cancer and, and a lot of these other ones, but it's just... Um, and not to say any cancer is, you know, all cancer freaking blows. All cancer sucks, yeah. It's just, it's nice that some of them, you know, there there is more that we can do now. And there is yeah, for sure. a much more higher survival rate for certain ones. But then other ones, like what we're dealing with in that dragon cancer and lung cancer and, you know, so many different types. It just, My grandma it's, it's, it sucks. was diagnosed with um, a particular kind of stomach cancer uh, back in the mid-2000s. And she, um, she held on um, and actually lived a pretty, pretty good life until, uh, until 2008 when, when she passed away. And toward the end, there was a really, really sharp decline. My wife and I got to go see her when Shukapau was like two and um, Dusk had, had just been born about six months earlier. We got to go and see her and she was gone less than, uh, less than six months later. And so we were really glad that we got to, uh, got to go see her. And, um, I actually, I, uh, <laughs> to show you how different a time this was, I actually officiated at her funeral and, um, it was, uh, it was really something. Um, and you know, people have different ways of processing their grief and the, uh, the, these two parents, um, were able to make something, you know, with, with their grief that could be used to really help people who had dealt with the same kind of thing feel seen and feel known, I think is a really beautiful thing. And have you played this game? I haven't. Okay. I um, I would wonder how it hit you, or even Kyle, really, as, <clears throat> you know, like a father with multiple boys. Like, I'm, I'm wondering how that would hit you guys. Yeah, that's part of why I didn't really get into it. Um, I watched some playthroughs of different parts, and I... I did extensive research on the game because once I started looking into it, I just couldn't stop. But uh, I don't know. This would this would be really tough. I think tough it's game. Uh, yeah, very it's, very sad game. Very yeah. sad game. All right, man. Um, 
let's move on to your next block. Yeah, we're uh, moving into uh, another little bit of a mixed block. Um, the third one that we're going to be listening to here is kind of a long one, but it's uh, it's good, so stick with us. Uh, first, though, you're listening to Offering from ActRaiser Renaissance. ActRaiser was originally released November 1991. ActRaiser Renaissance was released last year in uh, 2021, and this was composed and rearranged by Yuzo Hoshiro. This is Kyle, and one day you can be too. Every Friday, I host what is soon to be your favorite podcast. 
the media files. Me and one of my best friends talk about pop culture happening so that you don't look like an uncultured swine during those boring water cooler conversations. Laughs are shared, tears are cried, and sometimes we have really interesting special guests that you might be familiar with. Download the media files wherever you download podcasts. And remember, be kind, be honest, and we'll see you later. Next up, we have Reunion Mifa from The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, released March 3rd, 2017, composed by Yasuaki Iwata. Next, we have Memorial of the Fallen Ones from Demon's Crest, released November 1st, 1994, composed by Toshihiko Horiyama.
Alright, and you're listening to Offering from ActRaiser Renaissance. Such, such a cool experience to have, like I was saying, to have Yuzo Koshiro come back and give these old classics uh, a modern treatment. Oh, it's so good, dude. Obviously, you know how big of a fan I am of Yuzo Koshiro. And just <laughs> getting to hear his own takes on his older work was really special like i've not played through act razor renaissance i do have it and i did start it but i've not played through it entirely so i've not heard a lot of the redone stuff i've heard some of it but not all of it and this isn't actually something that i heard of the the redone stuff so this was actually really special to hear and i love the stuff that he added to the track and just yeah. how it made it even more beautiful than it already was. And he did that with all of the uh, all of the tracks. First of all, he wrote brand new tracks for each area of the game. So, Birth of the People still plays in Fillmore, but then Bloodpool, Cassandra, Marana, all of the other places have their own music now. And the songs that were in the original game, he added like another movement to, like he did with this one. And it was just a really cool experience all the way around. I have not beaten it. I got to, um, without too much spoilers, I got to kind of some post-game content that was added for this version. But I, um, I haven't, I haven't gotten through that yet. It's kind of a, kind of a tall order. But this was just such a cool experience. And this particular track, I picked it because in the original version, which again I, I played on on my show back on the uh, the religion episode, that <laughs> was kind of inspired by your uh, temples and churches episode with Frank. Um, I I played the uh, the original version of the song, and I will always remember in Bloodpool, the second area where you go, one of the uh, townspeople who starts out as kind of um, I think he starts out as kind of a troublemaker. In the end, actually goes and sacrifices himself so that you get to go to the um, so you get to go fight the final boss of the area. And his name is Teddy. He's the the son of the two the two main townspeople that you commune with. And the offerings music plays because he he offers himself up as a sacrifice. And I think it's actually called sacrifices in the original version. But it's just really really heartrending stuff and and that's a whole nother level of of emotions dude like that's a whole nother layer as well like mm-hmm. a human sacrifice type of emotion and, and knowing that you're doing that if you know taking the track is is his point of view right like there's some strong stuff in there there really is yeah yeah, the idea of, of uh, you know sacrificing yourself for for your family or for your people and what goes into that kind of choice is uh, you're right. There's a whole whole other dynamic there. The and mindset you have to have for that too, right? Like knowing what you're doing and mm-hmm. you're not walking away from that. So that's yeah, that's that's powerful. Yeah, and I feel like a little of that is taken away. There's a real kind of raw tone to the original version that. You don't quite get from this since it's so polished, but that doesn't at all take away from what what Koshiro is able to do with the added added instruments and the real recording and things like that. He was able to pull off of this, and plus with the extra movement he added in, this is just really a beautiful piece of music. Absolutely, it is. And uh, also also really gorgeous. But one of the shorter themes we have on the episode is um, Mifa's theme or reunion with Mifa from the Legend of Zelda: The Breath.
Breath of the Wild. And uh, not sure why I pronounced it that way, but it's late. Um, <laughs> it definitely is late. And um, Mifa's motif plays in this song and plays in a couple of other areas too, but I really wanted to pull something from this because Mifa is such a tragic character. And you were saying when we were talking, maybe your favorite character from Breath of the Wild. And 100% she is definitely my favorite character from Breath of the yeah. Wild. Yeah. I love Mifa so much. She is such a cool character. And, and like you said, such a tragic character. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was sort of pulling for her the entire time and yeah. I am not a big fan of the Breath of the Wild soundtrack and I know I've stated that before like and you're not a, alone. a lot of yeah. the music in that game to me is is not very Zelda in nature and is more just like background noise and, and ambient but there are some really really great pieces of music in Breath of the Wild and, and this absolutely is, absolutely is one of them um, I love her character and I love her I just man I loved her so much I really did I feel like the champion themes are all pretty strong and I wish that uh, they, they really got built on I think very well in Age of Calamity and I think that the reason I mean, all four of the champions really they did what we were just talking about they knew that they weren't going to come back from this absolutely. but they still yeah they, they sacrificed themselves to keep um, help keep Hyrule safe as much as they could and Ganon did you know so much damage but he could have done so much more if I think if the if the the champion spirits hadn't been there holding the divine beasts at bay and for so many people I feel like Mipha is probably the first champion that you really encounter because Zora's domain is usually where I think most people went first um, it definitely was for me and for this to be the first one that you encounter and for it to be such a personal story for Link. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know, there is a, a love interest. It's stated explicitly that Mipha was in love with Link when, when she was still alive and when Link was was around 100 years before. And um, so much so that she actually made um, uh, some armor for him that traditionally among the Zora is kind of like a betrothal type of thing. And the the chemistry they have in the cutscenes is just really, really something. You you get the sense they have this deep history together. And I don't I don't think ever, with the possible exception of Zelda and Skyward Sword. I was gonna say Skyward uh, Sword's the only other yeah, the only other one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've never felt that with any other any other character and link that there was this kind of connection. And which makes her sacrifice all the more meaningful and just really, really cool. Really great story. Glad I was able to. Hopefully we'll get to see more of her or more of her story. If breath of the wild two ever releases. (laughs) Yeah. Another, another tragic tale. (laughs) I know there's a lot of, uh, a lot of folks out there who um, are hoping to, I'm sure they're hoping to see her brother Sidon come back. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. That would be really freaking cool. Uh, hopefully when the Switch 2 comes out, this game will be there as a launch title. The Super Nintendo Switch. Basically. <laughs> yeah. We will see, man. We will see. There's there's quite a bit of time between now and then. Anything can happen. So <laughs> tune in to the max level for more, uh, more predictions and, um, That's and discussion. Right. That's right. <laughs> and my final track from this block is from a game that I have barely played. Um, speaking of Super and Switch, I've actually only played it on the Super NES online on the Switch. Demon's Crest, uh, a tie-in sort of with the um, Ghost and Goblins series, starring Firebrand, the um, the demon who you, who you fight in the in Ghouls and Ghosts, 
And in this game, this game is really cool for anybody who hasn't played it. Um, Firebrand can climb. He can also fly. He can't go up and down, but he can fly horizontally across the screen, which makes the platforming really interesting. Um, and in between levels, in between the side-scrolling areas, you're actually in this Mode 7, like, top-down bird's-eye view map where Firebrand is flying around and landing in different places. And basically, he's trying, from what I remember, he's trying to gather these artifacts so that he can, um, I don't really remember. It's not super important because most of it is just the ambiance of the game. But I remember specifically, it started out, uh, you were, you're attacked basically by this gigantic skeleton in this courtyard. And the, the game obviously is not playing around and it's, it was super cool. But this particular track, from what I gathered, plays toward the end of the game where you're reminiscing about a lot of the, um, the big enemies that you've beaten throughout the game. So the fallen ones are actually the enemies that you have overcome. But uh, this, so I think, plays in kind of a cutscene near the end as you're going back over that in your mind. And there's a real bittersweet sound to this that I liked a lot. It's got that, that melancholy feel that's sort of um, the church on, organs, on the edge dude. of sadness. It's the oh, church yeah. organ. That's what it is. It's so hauntingly chilling. I have not heard organ implemented better than this on the SNES. Agreed. This was really impressive. Agreed. That was the standout to me in this track is just how strong that church organ really was and and, and how chilling that can be and, and how, again, sad that can mm-hmm. actually be. Like... Demon's Crest is a game I've not finished, so I, I've not finished Demon's Crest, and I've not played a ton of Demon's Crest, so I don't really remember, and probably have never even seen outside of Let's Plays, the area of this game. Right, um, yeah. But I, but it definitely, it, it has that, like, impending doom feel to it, almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a real stark, like, you get a sense of Firebrand, like, looking out over a hellscape and realizing that, it, that there's... You know, for regardless of of anyone's um, religious feelings about hell, it's a place of despair. The underworld is a place of of darkness and loss and despair across cultures, and you really get, I think, a sense a sense of that here. And when it moves into those um, the synthetic Oz, the female Oz, the, the the chorus, again something implemented really really well. And, yeah. You know, for something that sounds like it's coming out of a keyboard in 1993, that's that's pretty impressive. It's uh, really, really cool. Um, and probably the only other time I've heard that done so well, like you mentioned when we were listening, is in A Link to the Past. Yeah, Sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really, it's really so good well stuff. Done. So well done. Good picks, man. Good picks. But that's going to bring us to our last block. And we're already almost done with this episode. So I've got three more to go. These two of them are are more recent. One of them is kind of surprising because it's not a sad game by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, when I saw this one, I was like, ooh, it's interesting. (laughs) Wait till you hear this track. I don't know if you've heard this track before, but there's a particular track from World of Goo that just, man, it, it, it hits. So before we get to that one, though, let's take a listen to Broken Routine from Fire Emblem Three Houses. Released July 26, 2019. Composed by Takeru Kanazaki.
Up next, we'll be taking a listen to Are You Coming Home, Love Mom from World of Goo, released October 13th, 2008, composed by Kyle Gabler. Next up, we'll be taking a listen to Sorrow Without Solace from Final Fantasy XV, released November 29th, 2016, composed by Yoko Shimomura.
coming back in, we are talking about Broken Routine. Again, that's from Fire Emblem Three Houses. I am excited for Three Hopes. I know you and I were talking about the little bit because I am excited to see the continuation of some of these characters. Um, but what what um, Takeru Kanazaki was able to do in this track and, and in this moment of the game, I don't really want to dive... Because the game's been out for almost three years now. Two and a half, almost three years. But I yeah. don't really want to dive... It is still the latest Fire Emblem. I don't want to dive too deep into spoiler content. But something happens in this moment of the game. And, and in that moment, like everything shifts and everything changes. And the music that plays in the menu, the music that plays all throughout the academy, like the music gets very sorrowful and you're grieving over something that happened. And there's so many things that change in the game, like, you know, bylaws facial expressions and the, the way the characters walk about the town and like just what they're doing, like the music changing in that aspect I thought was a really nice touch and actually gave more of a human touch and more like of a, of a real life feel to something because I feel like when when people go through that type of stuff like you know something happens we lower the flag to, to half mast right and like there's always some sort of ceremony or some sort of there's celebration right yeah. like something to celebrate a life or celebrate something and and I get that this track is sad, but it also does have that like, you know, there's more to it, and I really appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. And also the fact that most of the characters in the monastery, their your interactions with them change during. This yeah, time. I don't know why like, I keep saying academy. It is a monastery. Yeah, the the game really does. Well, it's kind of both, but the game really does um, acknowledge this major event in a way that goes deeper than a lot of a lot of RPGs do, where so many of the NPCs will still just say the same exact things they always say. In this game, they really went out of their way. Not the case, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And 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 not even not even other Fire Emblem games have done it that way. Like, I hope this is a new direction for Fire Emblem too, because man, this game was good. Well it's always been it, for so long it's been about the relationships that you build with the characters. And that has evolved as you actually have like relationship trees now <laughs> that you can go through. And so I really think this is just a it's a natural next step to move it into this really more open feeling 3D um, realm and without losing, you know, the, the feel of the strategy parts of the series that have made it what it is. Uh, I haven't gotten too deep into um, into Three Houses yet, but the writing is just, it's so impressive. It's uh, top tier. Like it's top tier. How deep it is. It's, uh, I mean, I guess it's nowhere near something like the, the Trails series where, you know, you have these endless libraries of things that you can look into, but there's a whole lot more than any other, I think more than any other Nintendo game has ever had. There's so much depth in this game. There really is, man. There really is. And, you know, getting to explore some of those relationships through the trees that they have in Three Houses and, like, you know, as you give them gifts or do stuff with them, like, you get further along into their own personal storylines and some of them are really touching. But I like how a lot of them connect together as well because it gives relationships between the other NPCs that you're dealing with. And again, it just makes everything feel more alive and more real. And I think that's what I liked about Three Houses most. 
And in this game, how the whole plot really revolves around which relationships you choose to emphasize over other ones. Um, you know, there's, there's well, three different ways that, that things can go. Uh, or maybe more, not to, not to spoil anything. <laughs> but, but yeah, what a great track. Definitely a great track. Definitely a great track. And then we go to World of Goo. Yeah, man. Which <laughs> probably the most surprising game on this playlist oh, today. Caught Again, me so off guard. Composed by Kyle Gabler. We're talking about Are You Coming Home, Love Mom. Have you played World of Goo? I have. I um Have you I've finished World of maybe, Goo? I have not. I was I spent maybe about an hour in it and uh enjoyed it. I have it on the Wii, I think. Have you how far in did you get in that hour? Do you remember? I do not. It's okay. been several years. I may spoil things for you then. That's but okay. It's, it's literally a game about building with goo. <laughs> so even though it is a game where, you know, you're constructing bridges and things with these little goo balls, there is a lot more going on. So as you progress, I, I want to say there's five chapters in this game, if I'm remembering correctly. And in the third chapter... You start as you build things for this corporation that you're working, you know, for, or, you know, that's part of building everything. Um, you start to realize what this Project Z is and, and what you're really doing in this game. And Project Z, because, you know, World of Goo is 2D, right? It's a 2D game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Project Z that exists within World of Goo is this, um, like, initiative by this corporation to move into the third dimension. So in doing all this, like they are destroying these goo balls as well. So these goo balls, you know, are born or come alive or whatever. And then they're kind of working towards their own death. And oh, in the fourth chapter, you come up upon this computer called mom. And I know I've told the story. Like, I, I lost my mom from a drug overdose. I lost both my parents. Um, my dad passed away when I was super young at the age of eight from a car accident. And I know I've mentioned that in a lot of the motion to sadness. Part one was, was dealt around a lot of that. But these goo balls discover this computer called Mom. And, you know, they kind of start to think that that's where they came from. And this computer is responsible for, like rendering this world and these graphics more or less so they start to kind of get this attachment to this computer but throughout the level and throughout doing stuff it's no it's kind of become apparent that this computer is just a spam bot and oh, it's man. it's just like it, it's not actually doing anything and it's it's trying to also get rid of these like balls but it also gives them the ability to undelete stuff so the goo balls then are kind of trying to work against the corporation and trying to save themselves they don't uh, <laughs> they don't in the final chapter they you know they're pretty much all gone um, but this game actually takes a pretty dark twist toward the end for a game being about constructing bridges with goo and the first time I got through this and I heard this particular track, 
it honestly choked me up, dude. Like, you know, as someone that's lost their mom and, and struggles still with that to this day, like some of the vocals, some of the just chilling atmosphere that exists within this track, it can be hard to listen to. This was a this was a tough piece. Um, a lot of what I'm going through right now and what I've gone through over the last year had to do with my mom. And uh, it has, it's brought some things to light in our relationship that I think have gone unresolved for a long time. Not to get too deep or too personal, but my mom uh, and I were really, really close when I was younger and then just sort of naturally started drifting apart as I got closer to my dad, um, you know, which I think is normal for a lot of a lot of guys as they grow up. They tend to start gravitating more toward their dad and their mom is, uh, you know, the, the, it's always your mom. You always you always love mom. But um, I feel like there has been more more negativity that started welling up over the last, say, five or so years that because it's my mom and because we were always so close before, I haven't really dealt with very much. Um, I've actually been going to, uh, to therapy for a, um, a few months now, which is long overdue. And it's seriously been, been helping me process a lot of things um, because I realized that uh, I was losing a lot of that positivity that I was talking about before. And it was harder and harder for me to, for me to capture. And um, it's helped me to be able to get back to that place. And um, so this particular one, maybe it was the title, but it, 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 this definitely got to me. And uh, maybe it's, it's, it's good that it was so close to the end. <laughs> I, put it, I put it track, near the though. end for that reason, just because I wasn't sure how this one would hit you. But I wanted to play this song. I really did. I've been really wanting to play it did. for a while. Um, it's such a touching piece of music in, in a game that you don't ever, you know, draw the comparison that it could be a touching game, right? Because, again, yeah, you're, you're just building you stuff just with goo. You're just don't expect it. You're just building stuff with goo. Like, it's totally unexpected. And I love that about video games when they do the unexpected. It's really cool. And of course, I had to get some Yokoshi Nomura in here. We're talking about Sorrow Without Solace from Final Fantasy XV. A game that, honestly, dude, is built around tragedy. Like, there is so much sorrow and so much sadness within the plot of Final Fantasy XV. From characters passing away to just the overall narrative of like Noctis is trying to get back the claim to his throne and everything that's going on with those that are trying to prevent that and, and take over the kingdom. There is just so much death and so much sadness and so much sorrow that you actually deal with in 15. And I like 15. I think Final Fantasy 15 is a good game. There really isn't that many Final Fantasies that I don't like. And Yoko Shimomura, like you and I were talking about when listening to this, is just such a master when it comes to being able to tell a story through music. And that's what I get from this track. I get a beginning, I get the tragic tale all throughout the middle, and it I get an ending with this. Like, she is just so good at being able to elicit what's going on just through the instruments and what you're hearing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, man, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad that you got some Yoko on the episode as well. I've, uh, like, like you said with uh, Yusoko Shu earlier, I've, I've made it no... Um, mystery, no secret that uh, that I absolutely adore Yoko Shimomura and all of her work. 
and um, if I really got a chance to meet and sit down and talk with any video game music composer, I really think it would be her. Either her or maybe Alberto Gonzalez, because he just seems like a really, really nice guy. <laughs> but probably, probably Yoko, because uh, she's just, she's my VGM hero, for sure. She's so special. There's, there's literally, she's one of a kind, right? She is one of a mm-hmm. kind, and, and we will never yeah. hear I almost, someone uh, like her I, again. Two tracks that uh, were sort of on, on my mind for this episode. One of them is Sad Song from Super Mario RPG, mm-hmm. which is the song that plays when Malo finds out he's not a tadpole. <laughs> right. And, uh, which I don't know that we've played that before on this show. It's a it's a good one. If we if we ever do a Yoko part two, I'll probably bring I'll definitely bring something from Mario RPG because it's one of my favorite soundtracks ever. But I might bring that one just for an excuse to play it. Yeah, we've not played it. I was looking on the playlist. We've not played that. Ryu's ending theme from the original Street Fighter Two oh, has a real sort of yes. melancholy sound to it. It really um, does. That's, that's really really cool and. Uh, um, yeah. So anyway, really glad, really glad that you brought this one. It's such, again, such an amazing piece of music for a game that just, you know, there are some lighthearted moments, but a lot of what you're dealing with is very tragic. And, you know, I know even like the development of Final Fantasy 15 was tragic, right? Like of, of how long it took and all the, the changes and everything that it went through. But I really am looking forward to 16, and I hope we find out more information soon. They said spring. It's spring. I'm ready to hear more. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I'm ready to hear more. I need some 16 in my life, and (laughs) I want to know who the composer is. Yeah, I'm really interested in that as well, for sure. Because we know it's the 14 team that's making it, which has me really excited, because they're going to be making a single-player experience, which I can't wait for. But I wonder if they're going to use the 14 composer, or if they go with a bigger name like they have been doing. I don't know, but I'm excited to find out. But we have one track. Well, technically, two tracks. Technically two tracks. Technically Um. two tracks to discuss before we get on (laughs) out of here. We do have our closeout, which you are providing with us this week. I am. Um, Before we get to that, I guess, uh, I don't remember if you guys usually talk about this on the show. Do we know what we're doing next? Like, episode-wise? Yeah. No. I know uh, we, we've talked about a couple of things that you have on your list. and we, uh, we don't have anything penciled in for the next episode that we're together. No, not yet. We have a couple of things on the horizon that um, I'm excited about, but that we're not quite ready to talk about yet, I don't think. Um, well, I guess we'll leave it as a surprise then, and you and I can talk about that. Yeah, we have we have two things coming up, I know, that um, that, that we're working on. One, one much bigger. Well, crap, I can't even say that. I don't know. <laughs> Even I, I think so. If it's if it's the one that, that you're talking about, it's the one that I surprised you with. Mm-hmm. That's huge. That's that is huge. And honestly, man. I think that might be bigger than, than the other thing that we're talking I, about. I think it is because I think it is. <laughs> uh, both of these things we're dancing around are our firsts of, of a sort. But I'm man, I yeah, I'm super excited. Anyway, we, we have some we'll cool stuff coming a, up in the next few months. We really do. <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, we do. Um, I guess I can tease this. One of them involves the first ever time that Shukapau is going to be on the show. With yeah, me. And, that's going to uh, be we'll, exciting. Um, I can't wait yeah, for that. I can't wait for forward that. to that show. It's going to be really, really cool. So um, we'll, we'll get there, though. But yeah, uh, since we're, we're not quite sure what we're doing next week, I'll just go ahead and talk about these tracks. So um, let me see. October 13th, 2009. 
was the release of A Boy and His Blob on the Nintendo Wii. One of the best looking games on the Wii. Uh, really fantastic. The music is really great. This game on the NES, you really can only love it if you're nostalgic for it. It's it's not a fantastic game. It is not. The a music is repetitive. Yes, it is. It's it, nice. It's, it's, it's hard to tune, play. It's really only one. It's really hard to play. Um, if you watch a playthrough of it, you can get through the whole game in like 20 minutes if you know where, where to go and what to do. But knowing where to go and what to do and how finicky all of the hit detection and everything is, it's crazy business. But the premise of a boy in his blob is you are a boy and you walk out of your house and you notice that there's this blob with you and you don't really know much about it in the game you know that when you throw different flavors of jelly beans your blob turns into different objects that are usually related to the jelly bean in some way uh licorice turns them into a ladder um i guess because of like the licorice ropes in fact they both start with l uh punch flavored jelly bean uh, turns them into a hole because you know you punch holes um <laughs> uh, but then there are certain ones like um, an orange, like an orange jelly bean turns him into a vitamin gun that you can use to kill candy monsters back on the Blob's home planet, uh, which uh, you find out the Blob is an alien and uh, you have to go to his home planet and help um, defeat this evil um, Blob Emperor that's taken over and kidnapped his dad, the King, and that's kind of what's going on. Anyway, Boy and His Blob on the Wii follows that story, but it's fleshed out more it's gorgeous, the game works really well, it's a puzzle adventure platformer, and um, I definitely encourage anybody who can access it to play this game. It deserves a modern re-release, it was um, redone by WayForward, and um, we're going to be playing two songs from near the end of the game. The first one is A Tearful Goodbye, and the second one is Everything To Me. And these songs are like one right after each other on the soundtrack, so I think that they come within the same cutscene probably toward yeah. the end. And uh, both of these songs were composed by Daniel Sadowski. Everything to me was um, performed by Bethany Mosley, she's the vocalist, and the lyrics were actually written by the game's director, Sean Velasco. And it's really, really cool. I've heard from several people who finished this game that the ending it really surprised them with how touching it was. Um, I never quite made it to the ending. I did make it to the last world, but I never quite got that far. So I don't really know what's going on in this scene. I can kind of imagine because... Um, Maybe they're saying goodbye? I, that's what I feel like. Yeah. You, you take the blob back to his home planet, you save it, and then he belongs there, you belong on Earth. So it makes sense that you're leaving him, but... Yeah, but it's just, it's really cool. To, to drive home how adorable this game is, there is a button in the control scheme of this game that literally has no other function except that it makes you hug your blob. Which That's all you a, do. Which is a nice touch. <laughs> it's so, so sweet and so cool. That is a nice touch. It really is. Was that in the original? I don't remember that. It was not. I didn't no, think so. It was not, yeah. <laughs> um, I also love that you brought our only true vocal track to this episode because emotions of sadness part one was filled to the brim with vocal tracks this one we had this one uh everything yeah. to me which is one of my favorite tracks we've heard today yet again uh, undermining the uh, the lie the malicious lie spread by my my good friend prof jeff that i hate vocal tracks i'm bringing the only one so ah, <laughs> jeff <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, and and what a good pick it is. And what a good way to close out the episode. I'm glad we finally did this. And I'm glad this one turned out better than the last part two that I tried to put together for this. Yeah, me too. I'm glad for both of us, man. It's, it's been good, and and I'm looking forward to next time. It's, me too. We've really given the listeners a whiplash here, talking about amusement parks and then going to sadness. I know, right? So. Like, it's like it's like we don't have but a direction, and we just pick from a hat, which is pick pretty much what we do at this point. Yep, there you go. <laughs> there you go. But, but that is unfortunately going to bring us to the close of the show for this week. We do want to thank you for sticking with us and crying with us as we t- uh, listen to another you know, emotions of sadness block, but um, yeah, this was made possible by RPGera.com. If you like video game music and more importantly, you like us and you want to help grow the show, check the description box for ways you can do just that, including a link to join our discord community. Click it, join it and interact with us. Bedrath, I know you already said it, but tell us one more time. What are we listening to as we get into this episode? Taking us out of this episode, we're going to be listening to a tearful goodbye and everything to me from a boy in his blob released October 13th, 2009 composed by Daniel Sadowski. Keep the music playing, keep it loud, and sometimes keep it sad. Take care, guys. Peace out. Yeah.